Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Doc. One Doc. It's your girl BD. It's your girlfriend. And guys, we are low-key, high-key suffering here. Um, hey Fever has really got us by the necks, by the noses, by the eyes and by the throats because it's, it's actually a lot. Literally. So you will hear sniffling, mm. you may hear coughing. It's going to be a lot because like, we're actually suffering right now. Yeah, I'm literally so, dying. Like I'm dying. That's, that's it. Honestly. <laughs> But either way, we persevere. This is why we're your favourite podcast is because we keep pushing through all we of it. We keep it pushing. Yeah. But I'm happy that we're keeping it pushing because what are we doing today? So today we're doing Epstein. Um, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich yeah, on, Netflix. on Netflix. Which is really good because um, obviously I don't know if you guys have followed everything that's been going on in the news. But since the murder of another black man in America, Anonymous have come out and they've been releasing some like Jeffrey Epstein information that um, obviously the public weren't privy to because they've hacked Mm -hmm. into like Trump's whatever. So obviously there's a lot of discussion about Epstein and the celebrities who were known to fraternise with him and go to his private island. So yeah, this documentary really came out at the perfect time because i don't know like yeah i don't know a better time it could have come out to be honest yeah and i'm just happy it's out because everyone's heard the stories and the rumors and stuff and it's just been a whole lot of like noise and a whole lot of like information but i never really knew the depth of it yeah or sorry the survivors or like do you know what i mean i never really knew about like how deep it ran but it runs so deep like it's actually a mad thing and there's four episodes in this series so we're going to cover all four over the next four weeks, mm. so, yeah. All right, so this documentary opens up in a New York City, and it does that thing you, like, the do where you see, like, the, like, skyline the view. Drone shot. Yeah, the, the mm. drone shot. And obviously, yeah, I really like it because I love New York. Like, it's my favourite city. Um, so we meet a woman called Vicky, Vicky Ward, and she basically wrote an article on Epstein for Vanity Fair. And um, she basically tells us a bit about the illusion of um, Epstein. He was kind of like a Gatsby figure, um, mystery in New York. And I didn't know this because I always just assumed he was like a very well-known guy from New York. I didn't think he came from money because mm-hmm. I'd never heard of like a family name. It's not like Rothschild or whatever. Right or even Trump, but I just felt like he, I didn't know he was as elusive as he was. I thought people, he was very trustworthy. Um, But yeah, he was kind of elusive. He was super rich, but nobody really knew where he made his money from. Like it was one of those rich guys that's just rich. So that was a bit of a shocker to me. Yeah. So the piece on him originally was kind of like almost the debunking of this elusive mystery guy. It was meant to be a society piece. Um, kind of informing people on this Gatsby like person and yeah, like who is that man? Yeah, who is, who he? is he? How this is how he made his money? Da, da, da. But they started digging around. So as Vicky was digging digging around, a few red flags started popping up, and she like okay, cool. So she's talking to she, she starts talking to these two girls or this one girl who actually says she knows somebody who's been har- harassed by Epstein. So this is like okay, this is taking a whole another turn like in this um paper this piece that she's doing and obviously this took what had primarily been a business investigation in a whole different 
direction. So she goes to talk to this sister and at this point she's talking about meeting the sister and talking to her and um, she finds out, at this point we find out that this woman's name is Maria Farmer and she's um, Epstein's first survivor that we meet. So we see her in her art studio. She's very like artist. She's wearing like all black. Her hair is up. Yeah. She looks like an artist. Like if I saw Walking Street, I think she was an like artist. Like one of those like, artists that paint. Yeah, literally. Um, and she basically talks us through how she was, um, you know, graduating from college and their graduation when you study at art school is an art show. So she has this amazing art show where she releases three pieces and they're kind of like a um, Alice in the Wonderland theme. And she starts to sell these pieces, one for 14K and two for 12K. And um, Eileen Guggenheim, so I've heard of the name Guggenheim. Um, yeah, it's the Guggenheim Art Museum yeah. in New York. Oh. I went there when I went to New York okay, last yeah, year. Yeah. It's actually beautiful. Really? Is she like, mm-hmm. is it? Okay, cool. So I don't know who she is or what like her, her affiliation, but I'm assuming the last name is to do with the art oh, gallery. Because, yeah. yeah. So she was the dean of students in, at the time, and she walks over to Maria, and Maria describes this as quite a, an aggressive interaction because she said she kind of grabs her and almost like twists her arm and tell her, tells her that she needs to sell her paintings only to this couple. So she points out a couple. And like Maria's like, okay, but I've already sold them. And she's like, no, you need to sell to this couple. They're massive benefactors of the museum. And at this point, we find out that it's Jeffrey Epstein and Galene Maxwell. Galene's name is spelled really, really weird. So when I first saw the name, I was like, how do you pronounce this name? So I'm happy they... Yeah, I think she's French. It's like Galene. She, yeah. But she's not French. She's not French. I mean, her dad is British. No, her dad's not British. He's from, like, um, one of these Eastern European countries, but he changed his right. name when he came here. But he's, like, Jewish, oh. or he was Jewish. Her mum... I'm not really sure where her mum's from, so I don't really know. This could be, like, maybe a Jewish name. I don't know. But I'm happy they said... I really liked her name. I really liked her name, though. Like, the way they said it was, like, Jelan. Like, it was a really nice yes, name. Beautiful. It looks weird on paper. Yeah. No. But it sounds nice. It's a very... It, it suits her status in society. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so she ends up selling the paintings to the two of them, and she sells them at half price, which would really piss me off, especially, like, if you're a yeah. new artist and you're selling for like multiple thousands of dollars and then someone comes and tells you oh actually sell it at six thousand i would be pissed yeah i i think it was that because you know she had the three paintings two were 12k each one was 14k i think one of the 12k paintings that she had already sold is what epstein wanted and so she made the eileen woman made her sell that painting to epstein and she also made her sell it for half price Mm. and it's like my nigga if anything you should be paying a premium Mm. because this painting has technically already been bought so what's to make me like not sell it for the 12k it made me so annoyed yeah yeah and um she says that um, Epstein says something which is very I find very, almost like foreshadowing of what is to come in this documentary because he yeah. says to her don't worry we'll make it worth your while so I don't really know how this artsy elite rich circle runs in America but for some reason a couple of months later Epstein calls her and gives her a job managing his latest property I found that weird because it's like all I did was because that's not even how you met her she wasn't managing properties when you met exactly. her exactly so and he was like, like one plus one is banana literally he was like oh I have a job for you you manage my property I found it really weird and I guess I understand like if a rich person who's elite tells you they have a job for you like you probably jump at it because it's yeah. that proximity to that mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. it's the connections in your network yeah and li- literally but what I didn't understand is like 
he met her selling a like a painting what how did he even get her contact details it was just weird they don't delve into that but basically Fam, we can find out in the future that nothing is too hard for him to do boy. literally so basically um she's managing this property and epstein is getting to know her like as you do with your like employee and he there are her and him and Jelena are asking her about her life and you know all this very personable and so she basically says there she has two younger sisters and she tells them about her sister um annie so epstein starts showing an interest in annie and asks um maria to kind of like facilitate a meeting or connection with annie Mm -hmm. and he says to annie you know you're you're taking a gap year or whatever you should travel around the world and he gives off the impression that he has kind of like this i don't know if it's a scholarship program or something yeah and he kind of funds for these for people to travel around the world and just better themselves yeah yeah so she jumps at it because who wouldn't if someone told me travel around because why not yeah i please someone yeah um so she jumps at it so a few kind of months down the line she's preparing for this trip and he tells her to come to new mexico um to his ranch where he was with jillan and it was kind of under the impression that there would be other students who were also prepping for this trip and it was kind of like a pre-trip. Almost like a pre-trip kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. And also this is the vibe her parents got. So this is where I've got issues with the parents because it reminds me of that other documentary, I've completely forgotten the name, where... Abducted in plain sight. Abducted in plain sight. Where it's kind of like, someone just doesn't tell your kid, oh, come to a ranch in New Mexico okay um and you don't do your due diligence like maybe it's because i know my parents but they would ask for information and an itinerary like do you know what i think that you're forgetting is that like these are like vulnerable parents if your parents could afford to send you abroad they would not care that some rich guy could send you abroad so i think it's like the status the elite it's like wow this rich guy he knows everything saw something in my daughter i can't afford to send her who am i to kind of say no like this do you know what i mean i feel like it's a lot easier for us to look at them and judge them and be like, what the fuck are you doing yeah. type thing? When, like, it's not... You're looking at it as if it, if it were to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of this documentary stems on targeting vulnerable and, man, like, people who are easily... Or who yeah. could be easily manipulated. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean... And I don't know if they mentioned, like, that their dad was around because they only ever, like, referenced the, the mum. Yeah. So, for example, say it were a single-parent ho- household with the mum. It's like how, like we were talking about in the sex for grades episodes how those professors usually targeted girls who their dads weren't around or their dads were dead because they felt like they could you know yeah there wasn't a manly figure to oppose them yeah. because i'm sure like a father would be like the fuck a man what because men low-key realize that each other is trash yeah. so they kind of go in that mode so it's true yeah i mean i get what you're saying i really do but then also like you know yeah it's true um, yeah so this girl gets ready to go and she gets there and she realises once she gets there it's actually just her. Like, there are no other students. God, do you know how scary? Do you, do you know how scary that would be? It's crazy. And she basically, like, it's just weird. Like, it's just her. So she's alone in this, like, massive house by herself with these people. And then, like, a few days into the trip, Jelen asks her, like, has she ever had a massage? And she's like, nah. So Jelen mass like massages her and stuff, and it turns into kind of like sexual harassment because she touches her and, like she says that where the the massage bed was like placed or based or whatever, Epstein could see. So obviously she, she knew he was watching this happen. Yeah. Almost like a voyeur like sexual situation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So then the next morning, he crawls into her bed, which again is petrifying. What like it is so scary. And at first, he's like, he just wants to cuddle. Then he starts touching her. And 
Like, it's just... It's just weird. So she tells nobody, focuses on her trip, and, like, Epstein and Jelaine, like, they leave. She goes, like, away on um her long trip around the world kind of thing, and mm-hmm. she keeps it to herself. So back to Maria now. And Epstein's like, yeah, I want to send you to Ohio to help you with your career. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, again, I didn't really understand what... Because I have been to Ohio. So when I was in uni in America, that's where I was. Like, it's definitely not the hub of arts and culture. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck is she doing in Ohio? But okay. Um, shout out to my Bowling Green people. I love y'all. Um, but he sent her to Ohio. And he actually sent her to this house that's basically like two doors down from, like, Les Wexner's house. And I've been to Les Wexner's house. Not inside of it, but I've been as close to it as you can get. This house is, like, it's bigger than a house. It's, like, mahoosive. Um, So, again, she's in this massive house by herself, which I don't understand. But I wouldn't want to be there, but she's there anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously... Nothing Epstein does is for free. So him and Jelaine come to visit. Honestly, and that is the that bottom is the line. Crux. Nothing Epstein does is for Don't free. Don't ever think this man is do like there's something in it for him, whether it's monetary or sexual. So him, yeah. him and Jelaine come to visit, and they basically like sex- sexually harass her. Um, or a, and it's so weird it's the way that weird. she like describes it. It's very it's, like what, as in I can imagine that like. You're just sitting there like, what, what is, is going on? Happening? Like, it's the way, way she describes it. It's so weird that you, you probably at a moment wonder if what you think is going on is actually going on. Because what they do is, one day she then comes to her and says, oh, like, um, Jeff wants you to massage his feet. So she's thinking to herself, okay, this man has given me a massive opportunity. Um, I'm not going to throw it in his face. Let me actually go and do mm. what he wants me to do. Which it's is, just feet rubbing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah literally, like, literally, I might as well. Literally. So she goes to rub his feet. And then he tells her, oh, he pats the bed and tells her to come here. So she comes, sits on the bed, and then Jelen sits next to her. And then they both of them, like, take their hands and start just rubbing her breast. Not yeah, even... in, like, a circular motion. Yeah, like, it, she said it was, like... Very mechanical. Yeah, like, they were twisting a knob or something. And this is yeah. what I mean by you'd be wondering, <laughs> is this happening? Because it wasn't... Yeah. It was sexual, but then it wasn't... Do you, like, it was like, what, what? Yeah, it's like, what are you two doing? So they tried to... It's like one of them moments where, like, you know, in the office where, like, Jim would look in the camera, like... Yeah, like... When Dwight does something, yeah, Jim like, would look in the camera, like... Literally. What? Don't worry, guys. We'll post you, in, like, an example of what this face is. So basically, she runs out of this room and barricades herself in her room. Like, she actually physically puts furniture between, like, the door and herself um, and then just stays there till they leave. So... When she gets back from Ohio, she calls her sister and she's just like, yeah, like, some weird shit happened in Ohio. Did anything happen to you? And Annie was really upset. She says yes, but she doesn't want to go into, like, details. But, like, she says she feels vindicated by the fact that, like, it, she didn't make it up. Like, other people yeah, were experiencing, yeah, mm-hmm. like, it happened. My trauma was real. So all of this stuff, stuff happened, like, a while ago. But, like, fast forward now, we're in 2003. I was speaking to Vicky about the about Vanity Fair and their article. So after these women kind of recount their story, um, it has to go to Epstein to get his side because don't forget, like this is just a story they're writing. So obviously, because uh, before a paper can publish this, they need to get each side of the story. They can't just publish hearsay. So basically, when they send it to Epstein, he comes back and saying that this is completely false. Like they liked him and it was unrequited love, and that's why like they're 
telling all these lies about him. So Epstein actually starts to threaten Vicky and asks, like, and Vicky's pregnant at this time. And this bit gets... Pregnant with twins, with twins. This bit gets really weird. So really weird. he says to, he asks her where she's giving birth, says he knows every doctor in the world, I'm sorry, in the country, that even if she doesn't tell her him, he can find out where she's giving birth. Um, and then he says this really weird thing where he's like... If I don't like this piece, I'm going to have a witch doctor place a curse on your unborn children. If you publish this story, I will have a witch doctor place a curse on your unborn children. And I was like, what in the Nollywood is going on? Like, <laughs> when did this turn into... When did this turn into Blood Sisters? Like, what is going on? Like... It just went so left and it was like, my brother, what do you know about witch doctors? And this thing, like, if Epstein hadn't committed such horrible, like, crimes, I actually would have been like, you're lying. Like, he didn't say that. But he just seems depraved and deranged. It, it's well within his remit. And you know what what, what, what Vicky says, yeah? Vicky's kind of like, he was so fucking creepy, like, over the phone. Like, it, I can't only imagine, like, what yeah. it was like to be in his presence, let alone, like... Hearing, yeah. Abused by him. Literally. Because what? Literally. Who even... Who even like girl so a few people at this point are getting threatened by um in vanity fair getting threatened by epstein and his team um yeah the editor as well isn't it and the girls get taken out of the story because epstein doesn't like the story what kind of power literally this is what happens when you this monopolize do anything for money all, literally all the powers that be so the excuse the excuse what that was given was it was a business story like this was out of their remit kind of thing but on-screen text tells us former Vanity Fair editor Chief Graham Carter released a statement saying, Miss Ward's reporting on this aspect of her story came as we were going to press and simply did not meet our legal threshold. I don't know what legal threshold needs to be met. As a st- like, I don't, I don't know what was going on, but obviously he either paid them off or he mm. had something on this like Vanity Fair editor that he didn't want getting out and he was like okay cool i'll yeah. i'll rub your back if you like i'll scratch your back if you scratch mine i, I rub it but in this situation fam he loves a rubber dub dub he loves a rubber dub dub boy so now so basically they're like to us okay shit didn't really go down in new york the way like they wanted to in terms of exposing him but this guy is doing like like the real like beefy part of this story is actually in palm beach NYC is the tip of the iceberg, it's the baby. Tip. It's the just the cherry. Just the tip, boy. Just the tip. <laughs> so Palm Beach, Florida is like where the rich and famous live. There was even a time when we were in um, Florida from one of our cruises and we actually did the drive through like billionaires, like row, whatever they call it. And these mm-hmm. houses are redonkulous. Like everybody has a yacht. Everybody's rich. Everybody probably wears those boat shoes tucked into like the shorts with the, linen, with the, the polo shorts. the polo jumper like wrapped across their like chest like that yeah yeah literally that it's just rich and famous and basically they built up a kind of community there where everybody keeps each other's secrets everything is hush hush and they're almost allowed to do what they want so yeah. one key thing they say is Epstein was new money he, he didn't have generations of, of growing up there sailing in the intercoastal waterway but he had tons of new money and if you have enough money you can buy your way in to any society so again Mm -hmm. it's this gatsby kind of um this gatsby-esque kind of mystery of him 
he didn't have money growing up, suddenly he's this, he's this mover and shaker that brought his way into, like, the rich and the elite. And it wasn't just rich people. Like, he was hanging out with royalty, like... Yeah. yeah. Boy, we'll get into royalty. We will be getting into royalty. So we meet James Patterson, who, by the way, is my, like, one of my favourite authors. Like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, like... Yeah, I love him. And he also oh, lives <laughs> He also lives in Palm Beach. So he was essentially like Epstein's neighbour. And we learned that Epstein was a bit of a ghost in Palm Beach. Like people heard about him, but never really saw him. He never really went to parties. He's just he was just they just knew that yeah. Yeah, and that kind of added to his whole like elusive nature and really, like, yeah, like, like. yeah. So also him and Trump live near each other on like Billionaire's Row as well in Palm Beach. And it's no it's no surprise, like there's no coincidence that there's no coincidence that him and Trump were bosom buddies. So Trump is even quoted as saying, I've known Epstein for 15 years. Terrific guy. He likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them on the younger side. Just imagine that in Trump's voice. Literally. And imagine the fact that this is the president of the United States of America. It's so, do you know what? This whole documentary that I've watched all the episodes in this whole documentary, I kept saying to myself, how is this man the United States of America? Like, how? How? How, sway? How? (laughs) So we now meet Michael Reiter, who was the former Palm Beach police chief. And, like, this guy gets all, like, poor shot for this guy. Like, I really, really liked him. And he was just a good guy. I know that there are a lot of corrupt people in police and racist. um, But Mm -hmm. he was just a good guy. Like, he's one of the people I think is just out for the truth, basically. Yeah, one of the MVPs of this documentary. Literally. So Epstein comes to his office to inquire about... And this is really key, by the way. So he comes to inquire about making a police department equipment donation of up to $100,000. Now, you're probably thinking, oh... I mean... Philanthropist. Oh, this, that. But what he was... Oh, bribery. Fam. Oh, the corruption. It's like in advance. Literally, all he was doing was finding a way to have the police in his pocket. pocket. Because it's like, I've donated this shit to you. Again, you rub my back, I rub yours kind of thing. And maybe in the back of his mind, he was hoping that this police chief would take the money and it would be like a direct bribation. Yeah. And yeah, I just made that word up. So we'll roll with it. Yeah, good bribation. Yeah, and that would shut him up for anything Epstein did. So two years later, okay, there's a report from his neighbour which is Epstein's neighbour, saying that there was a slew of young women going to and from Epstein's house. So the police went and they went to interview them and they were all adults and they claimed they were just doing work for Epstein. And I mean, like, it's weird, but a lot of these celebrities are weird. So it was kind of like, okay, this is weird, but they say they're of age, they're working, whatever, cool. Yeah, So like, what's my business? Yeah, literally, manage business. So a police, randomly, the police get a call from a mum whose stepdaughter had $300 in on her and she, like, got into a fight at school. I think it was over the money. And when she's pressed by her parents, because obviously, like, a small school kid, where did you get $300 like, dollars from? Yeah, exactly. Literally, cash. Exactly. So when she's pressed about... Well, cash money. <laughs> um, <laughs> when she's pressed about where she got the money from, it turns out, she says, she goes to the gentleman's house, massages him, and she pays them. But if... But the mum was like, if she he likes them, he keeps them around to do other things. And at this point, they don't really stipulate mm. what the other things are. But it's yeah, dodgy because exactly. these girls are underage. Underage. So based on... They bring this girl in interview her. And based on her interview, they launch an investigation. Because this victim was only 14 years old. 
and they find out that the gentleman's house they're going to is Epstein's. So because of the nature of the crime and Epstein's status, they hand the case over to like the special victims unit. They bring this, they bring the SVU in to help them. And I'm just thinking of like Olivia Benson and the whole team. I knew you were going to come and do your law and order SVU references. <laughs> you guys are lucky I don't do the whole, in the criminal justice unit, sexually based crimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Do you remember in um, the office where Michael did that as an audition for um, a play? <laughs> I love him so much. I love literally. I love him and I Steve love, Carell. I love Michael Scott. I love Steve Carell. Like I love literally. Them. So um, we see interview tapes of how they went down and what he did. Which so it was the same mo basically. Bring these girls yeah. over. Ask them for a massage. They massage and there's a bit of sexual assault. And this is very similar to the conversation we had about. There was another documentary we did, and it was like, from what we can see here. It's like you're you're risking it all. You're doing all, all your depravity is based off of touching because at this point we don't know if he's doing sex for grace. Yeah, it's sex for grace. We don't know if or he's doing anything else. But from what we hear, it's just like um, sexual assault and harassment. So it's not like full blown rape. And it, at first you're really confused because you're like, so you're doing all of this, bringing these young girls in so you can touch breasts. Like I don't, I didn't. And 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 Jelan is your girl, and you're with her all yeah, the time. Yeah, so literally. If his breast you want to touch, then it's there. Like that's why people say that like sexual crimes are not usually about sex, like the sexual yeah. act. It's about the power, literally, of it, literally, and the power dynamic. Because what? Because what's a breast? Fam? What is a breast? It's flesh, like it's flesh. So and a little bit of fat if you're lucky, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not. Which I is. <laughs> <laughs> So they start surveillance on the airport and his house because basically at this Florida airport, there's the commercial side and there's the private side. So the private side is mm. where the private jets land. I ain't never been there. I'm always landing on the commercial side. Soon come, soon, soon come, come, babe, soon Jesus come. changed my destiny. Subscribe, guys, subscribe. Literally, subscribe. <laughs> let, let a bitch get a private jet, okay? So, what to you, man? Come on. Literally. So he lands his... He has a private jet section and there's the commercial section and that's where his jet is. So he starts surveillance on it and on his house. And as they're, like, watching both places, the victim pool is just growing and growing. Like, they're seeing different mm-hmm. younger girls and they're bringing them in and they're questioning them and it's just, like, the victims are, like, endless. And we learned that there are loads of schools in kind of, like, that area as well on a different side and we'll talk about that so he had hunting grounds like it was open season for this guy so we meet michelle lakata which is our first survivor of like florida that we meet because we've obviously met the new york one so now we're meeting the the florida um ones so she was told by a friend that there was a way they could make extra money and her friend was like yeah like i could just imagine these teenagers like oh my god all you gotta do is massage him for 45 minutes and he gives you 200 dollars. like girl you've gotta come like let's go so yeah. michelle jumps in the car and goes with her friend so they get there and he tells her she's pretty she massages him then he asks her to strip he starts touching her and he masturbates. And when he was done, he left her $200 and asked to see her again. So now we get into kind of like how he picked his, like, these these women or these girls, sorry. Um, and basically, Epstein was from West, from was from Palm Beach. And West Palm Beach was the poorer part of 
Florida. And this is where mm-hmm. the girls, most of the girls he was recruiting were from. And you cross this bridge to get from one side to the other. And when you cross the bridge, it's like two different like worlds. Ooh, Chile, literally, the ghetto. Literally, the ghetto. It's like north to south. I'm joking. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt here. Speaking of the ghetto, do you know, yeah, that they're putting Real Housewives of Atlanta on Netflix yeah, I tomorrow saw, I for saw, the season? I saw, I saw. I am so excited. I saw. I'm so Especially excited. because I haven't watched the latest season, so I can actually just watch it now. I, I didn't watch the early season. I think I started on, like, season three. Girl, season no, no, four. no. You need, to, you need to go back and watch one to three. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm going to do. So like, I get the references and stuff, but I didn't actually watch them. Yeah, you need to go back. So, yeah. Like when Cynthia married Peter, I didn't watch it. I just know what happens. Do you know what I mean? At the wedding. No, you need to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah watch. That's and what then I'm you, saying. You I'm have excited. a new, whole, whole new, like, vibe to, like, a pre- I don't know if appreciation is the right word, but you'll feel differently. <laughs> so yeah obviously like, if, as you drive over this bridge it's like two completely different worlds and it was like preying on a certain type of woman of girl at the time they were girls it was like preying on a certain type of girl because they were a lot of these girls came from broken homes um parents who you know weren't taking care of them or some of them were even like runaways like surfing couch surfing from one place to another and these were young yeah. girls as well can you imagine at that age at that age vulnerable so we meet another survivor, Shauna Rivera, and she didn't have a good childhood. Her mom was on drugs. Her dad went to prison when she was three. And this really, this bit got me. So when he was 10, he got out. And when when Shauna was 10, her dad yeah, got out. Yeah, yeah. And she was living with him and her, her his girlfriend. And then the girlfriend had like three kids. And she said right in front of her one day, her dad and his girlfriend beat the eight-year-old son to death. I had to go and Google to check to make sure this wasn't, like, the Gabriel... Gabriel Fernandez. Yeah. But then it just turns out that there are just so many situations like this where this shit happens, like, and it's crazy. And what are the odds that you already, as a deprived human being, you meet another person that has the exact same depravity as you? Because if I was, like, a child beat or whatever... How do you even find another person who is inclined that way? Is this part of the dating process? Do you know, I think it is. I feel like you do, you do it. You you exhibit that behavior, and then someone's either on it and joins it, yeah. or is not on it and leaves. That's what it is. Like, I don't think there's vibes. Yeah, you know that's what, I mean? what I'm wondering. Because I feel like if I was dating someone and I see them like slap a child across the face, I would be like back in there. I mean, it's a red flag. Yeah, enough to leave. Literally. So, obviously, I guess something like that probably happens and then you're like, oh, that's cool. Why don't you, like, hit him with a wire? And then it escalates as a couple together. It's weird. Yeah, I think it's an escalation mm. thing. So, when she was 14, she meets Epstein. Her grandma gets custody of her. And, um, yeah, she's living with her grandma. So, she meets Epstein at 14. Again, she goes with a friend. They go to give him a massage and the friend tells her to take her clothes off. So they get naked and give him a massage. Then, like, her friend randomly leaves. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, why are you leaving me here with this old... This pissed me off Literally, so much. But then I had to remember, the friend is also, like, one of his survivors. So it's almost like they're groomed. They know none the better kind of thing like i mean yeah i get it and we get into it a bit more like in this episode and also like during yeah. the the series but i'm just so conflicted i know i know ultimately they're all they were all victims they're all survivors of, of his, his yeah literally and that's but i feel like there's levels there's levels to the yeah survivorship. yeah <laughs> like when i like there were times when i got really really angry but then i just had to remember that like you have to remember like yeah. and especially when you think about the age the, the yeah circumstances, the, you don't you know, know that you would have done anything like, differently so, Bruh, I would have taken candy from a stranger and hopped in the back of that van of free will. 
Like, let's be real. Massage, massage, massage. Um, and yeah, and you also have to remember the background they're coming from. If you don't have parents to like exactly. tell you like this, that, and that, that. Like, I remember when I was a babe, like I was three years old, and I took candy from this like homeless guy in. Um, I remember this story. Yeah, I remember why am I always coming with story time? But yeah, like my mum after <laughs> the after the way my mum dealt with me that day, I now knew that okay, strangers were a no go. So you have to have parents who care about you that much for you to then. Yeah, and most of these girls didn't. They didn't, unfortunately. So after the friend leaves, he he flips over and asks her to rub his chest, squeeze his nipples, which is just like, what the hell is going on? Um, Do you know what? Like what you like in it, but just make sure you like it with an adult who can that's consent what I mean. to Literally. doing the fuck shit that you want to do. Literally, like, this is a, it's a very specific kink. Do it with an adult who's into that kink. Why are you doing it with small girls? Like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, he left her money. And that was kind of that. So a couple of months later, he requests for her to come back. And she kind of wanted money because she had no family structure. So she's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go back to him. And this goes on for like three, four years. So the police start to talk to some of Epstein's employees and we hear some like questioning and tapes, but they're very like uncooperative but and understandable because like they don't want they don't want no smoke, basically. Like Yeah. Literally. They don't want no smoke. They don't know they know how powerful this man is. They know that there's a limit to what they can kind of push back if this thing blows. So they're like, listen, stop asking me questions. They tell the police the bare minimum. And don't answer anything they don't have to. And also, like, I get the impression, like, we, we know with all the stuff about, like, RRS and stuff, some of them could have, like, immigration issues as well. Like, there, there's a yeah. lot, a lot going on there. They have more to lose. Than Epstein, especially because of how powerful he's. Now, can I just say, actually, which is something I wanted to say in the beginning of this documentary, I didn't know mm. his crimes happened so early on. Not that I didn't think yeah. um, he was doing crimes early on, but I didn't think they got, like investigated this early on because yeah it, it yes. only came to because light it's so recent literally yeah. so again yeah. this just shows you it goes all the way to the top because someone yeah. silenced this for a long time so long and then also i feel like it's almost like showing that in society not necessarily that things have changed, but, like, people are speaking up, up about things yeah. more. And this is just, like, what's going on now with George Floyd and everything that's happening in America and all over the world, really, yeah. is that people are more vocal and are speaking up more. So it's almost like... It's like with Me Too. It's like drawing attention to it. It's not necessarily that these things just started happening. It's just that now we're going to keep talking about it until there's a change. Yeah. And that's what... Because 2000... What? This, this documentary ranges from, like, 2001, 2003, 2005, and it goes all the way to the, to the top. top. Literally. <laughs> Trump. Literally. <laughs> literally. Ah, uh, listen, all roads lead to Trump. All, all fuckery roads lead to Trump. They Listen, they're going to yeah. have us off Apple and Spotify so quickly, girl. They're going to give us. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, they're all being uncooperative, so they're struggling here, the police. So the police start going through his trash and they're finding stuff. Like they're finding kind of receipts, they're finding like diary entries, they're finding like tidbits. Yeah, they found the report card of, yeah, one, of, the of one of the victims. Now, if there's a report card, you're defo in school, you're defo in the age. And that brother. girl definitely did not take her results back to her parents. Um, <laughs> you, you can only imagine the report card that you threw it away, but yeah. Um, 
<laughs> throw some D's on that bitch. Listen. Check out my report card. Says, throw some D, throw some D, throw some, throw some D's on that bitch. <laughs> so yeah, she she did that then she did that then all the way in the trash. She said, I want no parts of this this mess. Like, <laughs> the thing is, I couldn't understand why a soldier boy was requesting D's. So what did you actually achieve if it's D's that you're asking them to put on the report card? I was, it was so confused. F's and U's like and Do you remember that story about the guy who got a U and he told his mom it stood for unbelievable? <laughs> oh my gosh. Listen, this world is too funny. Um, so we meet another survivor and her name is Hayley Robinson or Robson, sorry, Hayley Robson. And I wrote the same thing. Literally. Her father was actually a police officer, um, which was quite interesting. And she was raped when she was 15. And then she starts going into, like, substance abuse. So she was introduced to Epstein by friends. Um, and she says on her interview tape, he tried to touch her when she goes to his house to massage her. And obviously, she'd already been through trauma. So she was less, I guess, I don't know if susceptible is the word, but she was just like, no, nah, it's not happening. And I'm so happy that she was able to say Literally. that, especially as a, a previous survivor, yeah. But then there's some fuckery. So... He's like, okay, cool, don't worry, you know. Um, And I think this part, we'll discuss this more, but I think Epstein's nature links a lot into the the reason why girls kept coming back. Because when she said no to him, I was holding my breath and thinking there would be like an aggressive rape. But he's just like, okay, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. And this just shows you he's a massive salesman and he's charming. Because it's like, okay, cool, don't worry, you don't want to do anything, we don't have to do anything. But bring me a friend who will be down and I'll give you $200. And you're thinking to yourself, as a girl who's, like, you know, looking for money out on the street on your own, this is easy money. For mm-hmm. every girl I bring, $200. I didn't even have to do anything. Fine. So she starts working for him. And she'll be recruiting other girls from school who were underage, kind of from similar backgrounds. And she would just bring them to the house. She'd chill um, by the pool, chill in the kitchen. His staff knew her. When they finished doing their thing, she'd leave with her collector cash and she'd bounce so you think if you bring five girls to him in a month is that not a grand that you've made kind of thing so this is how he he's was starting to see here that there's a network of molestation when i was watching this at this point in my head i'm thinking this sounds like a fucking ponzi scheme like what literally literally sounds like a ponzi scheme you bring three girls they each of them bring three girls each of them bring three girls and it's literally a network of abuse like it's crazy and she said something like she recruited like at least 24 other girls literally and it's like it's... that's like what four thousand eight hundred dollars and they bring the... and and 24 at least 24 lives really. literally and they bring 24 friends each and it's Fun. like you tell your friends and i tell my friends and we can be friends like what the <laughs> yes. fuck is going on <laughs> what it's the hell it's actually madness it's madness so we're reaching the end of this first episode because the case is they now be building a case and they're seven months into this and they want a search warrant for Epstein's house. So they built mm-hmm. up the case, they take it to um, the kind of like judge and they're granted a search warrant. And I'm thinking in my Come on. And I'm thinking in my head, like, how is all this stuff going on? People are being investigated, people are being interviewed, his like workers are being contacted. Does Epstein not know this stuff is going on? But you feel like he must have some inkling. Yeah, yeah. So the first episode ends with them having the search warrant, and we see kind of like I guess body cam or 
footage of what or whatever of them getting into the house and they said when they got into his house what they found was shocking and it's all over jackie for episode one do you know what for once, I'm not going to complain about Netflix and their episode timings. I feel like because it's a series, yeah. they were able to evenly spread out what they needed to. Yeah. Every like there was there was information in every minute. Like there wasn't really things I was like, why are we talking about yeah, this yeah. episode? Do you know what I mean? I feel like I got what I needed. I was informed. It was paced well, shot well. The the topic is trash and the man is trash. Yeah, and they portrayed but that. It was it was yeah, it, they portrayed it. It was good. Like I'm in, I'm looking forward to doing the next four episodes, the next three episodes. Yeah, like, it was very am. bam bam. Thank you, ma'am. But you got what you needed. Yes, literally. Exactly. exactly. So, BD, tell them what's tell them yeah, tell them what's going on, BD. Who's gonna name in a UK? Everybody's gonna say <laughs> UK. <laughs> Reluctantly, because most of the, I'll do the whole version. Okay, That's like, like, one of my favorite songs. Let's not. Do you remember when I did it at um Annette's birthday, the karaoke? Yes, I remember. It's not one of my ba- my favorite songs because she says um. I know. Five I just met this five foot seven guy who's just my type. And I was like, yeah, sis, I know. You're the architect of your own. No, downfall. no, no. But she says he said, "Hey, sister, it's really, really nice to meet you." Yeah. So the guy met a five foot seven guy who's just his type, and that's fine. Maybe he's into short guys. Okay, I'm confused. Yeah, I'm confusion. But okay, he in the in the in. Okay, let's get into it. In the song, yeah, she goes. He said, "Hey, sister, it's really really nice to meet you." So he's she's like relaying a conversation that she had with a guy. Yeah. Who, as the guy, met a guy who's five foot seven, which is his type. So he met a guy that he likes. So who's it, five seven. So the guy is into guys. Yeah, the guy's into guys. The guy on the phone to Estelle. Oh, I thought she was talking about a guy she met. No. She goes, he said. Oh, I need to, hey, sister. I need to read this song. Don't make me sing for the people there again. I don't, I don't think anybody knows this because I think everybody thinks in the song she's singing about meeting a guy that she fancies as five foot seven and he no, fancies her. No, no, I'm pretty sure. Because is Kanye sure. jumping on as the guy that likes guys? What is his. No, it's just, it's just a phone call in her verse. Okay. It's got nothing to do with anything. Guys, I will listen to this song and read the lyrics again and come back and we can discuss the new findings we can but i'm right man i've played that song so many times in my life okay you probably are i mean you always right i love that song so much man anyway if you guys want to hear me singing singing it or doing the kanye verse on the next episode let us know and i'll, I'll be sure to do that for you even if you're listening to this and it's late like we'll do it bd's like i'll do it at any any given day bd's like one like and i'll do the whole verse and she'll be the one that likes it <laughs> <laughs> i'm dead <laughs> Loki hikey. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, guys, we're doing episode two next, yeah. Obby. Um, please, can you, what do we say? Subscribe yeah. on Apple Podcasts, yeah. follow us on Spotify, um, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell her friend. Um, much like this episode, minus the abuse. <laughs> you bring um, your friends, we bring our friends. <laughs> <laughs> then we, we can be friends. But yeah, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two girls one doc. That's the number two and the number one. Um, I'm on Instagram at Miss BD, that's M-I-S-S-B-E-E-D-I-E, and Twitter as well, but I don't really tweet. So, she don't be yeah. tweeting. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, that's four ends with an underscore, and Instagram, four ends with two underscores. Guys, don't forget to leave us a rating and review if you are listening on Apple. Might not seem like a lot, but it does a lot, so yeah, do that shit. Do that shit, do that shit, do it. Do it, what? what do that, that shit, do that shit, do it. Uh, P Diddy, I think. Oh, uh, we don't listen to Diddy anymore. Because I remember it was like do before back in the day when I was a kid and I didn't really swear. I wouldn't say do yeah. that shit. I would say do dash. I'd be like do dash, do dash, do okay, it. Okay, guys, we're ending it here, please. <laughs>
it sounds the same. To, I'm about to lose my dad, dark old mind. Okay. <laughs> Yo, dark old porch. <laughs> All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.